Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Oh, good morning. Good morning, good morning. You can be seated. Hey, while you're sitting down, though, say this with me. Say, the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Now, if you've heard me before when I've been here, you've said that before. If you haven't, maybe that's your first time. I want you to say it again, everybody, one more time. Like you really, like you really believe your life could get better. How many believe your life could get better? How many believe that's possible? Yeah, the best is yet to come. I mean, the Bible says Jesus came that you might have life, have it more abundantly. So I just think God's got greater things in store for us. I, I, I think, I think the, the, the rest of our year could be the best of our year, and the rest of our life could be the best of our life. If you believe it one more time, say, the rest of my life will be the best of my life. You know, I found this. I found life goes better when you put God first. Has anybody else found that to be true? Life just seems to go better. How, how do you put God first? I think one of the ways you do that is by getting planted in God's house. And I tell you what, this would be a great place to plant yourself. If you're looking for a church, if you haven't made this your church yet, uh, how many want to see your life flourish? Your relationships flourish and your health flourish. The Bible says the way you do that is to get planted in God's house. If this is your church, how many are so happy? Uh, how many love your church? How many are thankful for Res Life? With, with, with pastors like you have, it's got to be easy. It's easy to have a heart for the house when you know the house has a heart for you. And, uh, and, and you've got two of the, just the greatest leaders. I mean, just the whole team here is just awesome. But how, how many love your pastor? How many are thankful for, for them, their family? And uh, what an honor to call him a, a friend. And now to live in the same state. I'm a, what do you call that, a Michigander? Well, that's kind of scary. I thought, what better time to move from Florida to Detroit than this time of the year, right? I mean, what a great decision. I mean, there's so many people from up here going to Florida, so it made a lot more room. So I thought I'd come up to, to, to so if you, hey, if you know anybody, if you've got any friends in Detroit, Troy area, uh, tell them to come over and see us. There's a great church uh, there now. I mean, there might have been one before, I don't know, but now that I know there is. And we're going to have a great time building the, the kingdom of God together. So tell them to come over and see us. I got something I want to share with you today. But like I was saying, get, get planted in God's house. When you plant yourself in the house of God, your life will flourish. And we all want to see our life flourish. And so you say, well, what does that mean, plant yourself? How do you plant yourself? Well, there's some simple ways. One of the easy ways to plant yourself in God's house is to show up. You're doing great today, all right? You're here. That's, that's the first thing to do. You got to show up. And just by showing up today, you know what? I believe when you go out to your car, on the way out the door, you can just declare over your life, Father, I thank you this week. My life is going to flourish. My business is going to flourish. My relationships are going to flourish because I made a decision today to plant myself in God's house. Another way, you find a place to serve. There's all kinds of stuff you can do around here. Get involved. Become a part. That's another way to plant yourself. Pray for your pastors and pray for the leaders. That's another way to, to get planted. Be generous and faithful in your giving. That makes a huge difference. All those ways are just ways to get planted. And when you do, your life will begin to flourish. Now, I will tell you this. You won't always feel like coming to church. There'll be some days you don't feel like. Has anybody ever had one of those days? Maybe today. Like, I didn't feel like coming. Has anybody ever felt like not coming to church, but yet you came anyway, 
And when you left, you said, man, I sure am glad I went to church today. Let me see your hand. Look at all those hands. And because there's something that happens. See, I've learned this. Faith is contagious. So all of a sudden, you didn't feel like coming, but you got in here and you got around other people that were full of faith. And, and uh, before you know it, it, it's contagious, like, like this, this uh, cold is going around all over the place up here. You know, it, it, but this is good contagious because before you leave here, you catch something like you catch some healing or you catch uh, some favor or you catch some joy. And even though you didn't feel like coming when you left, you're like, I sure am glad I came to church. So I, I thank you for coming to church today. Thank you for getting planted here in God's house. And I believe we're going to see God do greater things in, in our future and greater things because of it. One more time, say the rest of my life, rest of my life. will be the best of my life. I want, to, I want to share something with you today as we're talking about heart for the kingdom and, uh, and, and, and having a heart for what God's doing. I was, I was thinking, one of the things I love to do is I love to visit churches. And as I travel around the world, one of my favorite things to do is to go see old cathedrals, like church, church buildings that have been there for years and years. And you're thinking, how do they build this? I mean, that many years ago, to have the kind of methods and to design these amazing uh, uh, buildings and, and things like that. How many, how many are like, how many like doing that when you're in a place you like to go see old cathedrals? Okay, quite a few people like me. And I was, I was doing this, I was studying this and looking at it one day, and I was thinking how long it took. I was reading about how long it took to build some of these cathedrals, because they're not built overnight. It, it takes a long time. Like, you know, around here, if something's not built in, in, you know, two days, we're like, hey, come on, what's taking so long? Like, like the roads in Michigan, like, I'm learning that never stops, right? That just is always uh, getting. But uh, and so I was, I was studying these cathedrals, and there's a mindset that I believe that they have in building these cathedrals that I think if we developed it as, as people of God and people with a heart for the kingdom could really help us understand the difference that our generosity makes as we're talking about heart for the kingdom uh, offering coming up next week. Because how many like to give? By the way, let me see your hand if you like, if, if you like giving. Most of us do. We kind of can't help it. We just like to give. It's just kind of the way God made us, right? God created us in his image and giving is kind of part of who he was. For God so loved the world that he... He gave. He is a giver. So uh, he created us to be like him. So giving is just kind of part of who we are. I love, I'm looking for ways. I'm always looking for ways to be a, a blessing to someone else. A kind word is a way to be a blessing to someone else. Being generous in, 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 uh, uh, in our giving for heart for the kingdom, that's another way to be generous and to give. And so as I, I'm, I'm thinking this, I'm always looking for ways to, to give. And as I've, I've thought about this heart for the kingdom and building something that uh, what we do through that is going to affect people beyond us beyond us. It's not because when you just start making it all about you is when things get a little messed up, when you think it's all about you. What we're doing here is going to affect generations and generations to come. And I think about my legacy and my generations of my grandfather was a minister. He's the first one to give his heart to Jesus in our family. He just passed away a couple months ago, 96 years old. But when he was 16 years old, he went to church one day and, and, and that day he gave his heart to Jesus. How many remember that one day that you gave your heart to Jesus? How many can remember that, like that one day when you made that decision, I'm going to put God first in my life. And, and you know what's amazing is I think about the one day my grandfather gave his heart to God, that little church in Mississippi. We lived in a little small town. We were from a little small town in Mississippi. I mean, we lived so far in the woods, you had to drive toward town to go hunting. And uh, we were out there. And so uh, um, my grandfather, I remember that day he gave his heart to God. Now I think about this. Of the people before him 
that were generous, the people before him that gave, uh, that built that little church there in Stonewall, Mississippi, and, and, the, and the, the gave to, to make that, that building happen and make the, the ministry happen and all that was going on. If someone's everyday generosity hadn't have been there, my grandfather's one day may never have happened. That one day you gave your heart to Jesus, someone before you was giving, serving, uh, taking care of the kids, building buildings, all those kind of things. And so I think now in, in our everyday generosity, in our heart for the kingdom, we're going to affect somebody's one day. That one day when they make a decision to give their heart to Jesus, because my grandfather did, and he went on to, to, to Bible, ended up getting called to the ministry, went to Bible college, became a, a preacher and preached for, goodness, 70-something years. I mean, he preached a long long time. And when he started, I don't even think the Dead Sea was sick yet. You know, I mean, I, I got his Bible. I got his Bible when he passed away. It was, it was like, a, it was autographed. He's so old. As, he actually has an autographed copy of the Bible. Like, okay, never, never mind. I'll get that later. Like Moses signed it. Like, hey, good, good crossing the sea with you. Uh, anyway, he, he's been around a long time, right? And so my, then my, my, my uh, dad ended up, you know, he raised my dad in the things of God. And my dad became a minister. And, and for years he ministered and, and still is. He's 75 years old, just got back from Peru. And now here I am. And, and then my son over here uh, uh, said, Dad, I, I feel God's calling me as well. And, and so I think if, someone, if, my, if that one day my grandfather hadn't to give his heart to God, that legacy would have never began. That now generations and generations later, are being affected by it. And so as I studied the cathedrals, this mindset, I thought, man, if we as believers develop this kind of thinking, it could really change the world and really impact God's kingdom. I was in uh, Paris and I got to go to Notre Dame Cathedral. Now, if you've never been there, I'm sure you've at least heard of it. And just a few months ago, we saw some devastation, a fire that happened there at the cathedral. But do you know, it took over a hundred years to build that cathedral. Over 100 years to build it. I was in Germany, and I got to go to the Cologne Cathedral. The Cologne Cathedral in Germany took over 600 years to build the building. In, um, in Barcelona, there's a, a building called La Sangrada, a church they're building right now called La Sangrada Familia. It's still in the process of being built right now. They actually started it in 1882. 1882, they started building it. Still, they're still scaffolding up there today. They're still building it today. Antonio Gaudi, the guy that designed it, he designed it with a 200-year plan of completion. Now, even with modern technology and everything today, they still think that the best guess of estimation of completion is 2026, which is ahead of schedule by about, you know, 60 years or something like that. It'll still take 144 years to complete it. He had a vision. He, these people that build these cathedrals had a vision that they knew they would never see the completion of the vision, but they were building something that would impact generations and generations to come. What if we started thinking about what we do today will impact generations and generations to come? What we do next week in the heart for the kingdom, what we do in life will echo through eternity. What we do every day affects somebody's one day. And as they were talking to Gaudi they, they, about this building and the 200-year plan, and, and, and he said, you know what? I love this quote. He said, my boss is not in a hurry. I love that. We want everything right now. But what if what we're building is impacting generations and generations to come? Because it really is. 
What we're doing today is going to impact future generations. This, this mindset, this cathedral mindset, it, it takes a long time to build, but the length of time and the resulting magnificence of the structures that we saw there in those, in those pictures is the cornerstone which this mindset is built upon. The plans and dreams and, and, and the giving that we do must outlast our lifetime. What we do will echo through eternity. Lives will be changed because of it. I think the church is just a perfect example of this. And there's three things I want us to realize, three things I want us to remember about a cathedral mindset. If you got your phone, you might want to write these three things down. If you got a pen, just jot these three things down. I mean, this will help you as we're looking at our heart for the kingdom, but it'll also help you in life. If you're a business owner, this will be real good for you. If, if you uh, are, are, want to build a legacy for your family, this will, be, this will be really, really good for you. Like I said, my, my son's with me today, Solomon, and, and uh, I, I think I might have shared before, he's our, he's our miracle, uh, and, and it took us a long time to, to get him. Uh, how, how many have ever prayed and asked God for something, and it took him longer than a week to answer you? Anybody ever? Take a, wow, most of you. Anybody ever prayed for something longer than a year? Look at that. I, we, we prayed for him for eight years. Eight years we prayed. And finally, my wife got pregnant. We were so excited, man. Our miracle, our baby, here he comes. We were so excited. She, he, she went in for one of her checkups, and they said, we've got a problem. The baby's actually in your fallopian tube. It's a tubal pregnancy, so you're not going to be able to have this baby, actually. You're going to lose the baby. Uh, we're going to have to do a surgery because it could hurt you if we don't you know, remove the baby. And so they scheduled the surgery. And, man, we've been praying for a long time. Eight years we've been praying. And it would have been, I mean, it'd be easy to give up. Well, that's what the doctor said. You know, I guess it's not going to happen. But there's a, a song we used to sing when I was a kid growing up that said, whose report will you believe? And then we would sing, we shall believe the report of the Lord. Because the doctor's report wasn't good. The doctor's report said that you're not going to have the baby. But the Lord's report said we could be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So we just went with the Lord's report and just believed God. Just, and, and I'll tell you, it wasn't easy. And we had friends and family said, well, you, you got to accept reality and, and, and all that. And so, you know what? We just kept, we just kept believing. And, and, uh, and, and, and like I said, it wasn't easy. We got to the hospital, went in for the surgery, the day of the surgery. And they got her ready. They took her in, get her ready for the surgery, doing the last ultrasound before they they went in and that when they did, they said, wait, stop. Someone's made a huge mistake. Your baby's in your womb exactly where it's supposed to be. And, and uh, there's no problem here. You know, what they called a mistake, we just called it a miracle. You know, and then and, and, and here he is, you know, 13 years old now. And uh, all these years later, our mistake became our, our miracle. And uh, he came out just, she carried him all nine months and he came out perfect, you know. And well, he's not perfect, you know. <laughs> Looking like he's perfect. No, he's not perfect. He came out. Well, he didn't even come out perfect. He was born C-section, you know. But that you can't tell when you look at him. He look, <laughs> see, he looks totally normal. But um, I told him the only way you can tell he was born C-section is whenever he leaves the house, he goes through a window. But uh, it's, it's the only odd thing. But anyway, he's, uh, anyway. Um, but you know. It, you ever notice how sometimes, what's, what's that old song we used to sing? Late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. Don't give up on the miracles you're believing for. It was late in the midnight hour. We could have went up and said, well, it's over. We're going to the hospital now. That today it's done. But late in the midnight hour, a friend of mine wrote a book years ago. It was called, the title was, God's Never Failed Me Yet, But He Scared Me to Death a Few Times. You know, 
why, do, you know, why does he wait if he doesn't have to wait to the midnight hour? Anyway, anyway, so that, that's, our, that's our miracle. And I think about when I'm thinking about legacy, everything I do, I'm thinking, what am I doing for my son and for his children and children to come? And so when I think about a cathedral mindset, when I think about building the kingdom of God through our heart for the kingdom, it's going to affect generations and generations to come. Number one, I've noticed that a cathedral mindset requires long-term vision. We've got to understand that what we're doing today will affect generations to come. We've got to see beyond just, well, what is it going to do right now? No, what is it going to do to affect, gen- when we fix up the, the youth ministry, what does that do? It's preparing generations and generations to come. When we do the kids ministry, why, why, are we fi- why do we got to put so much in making the kids ministry so great? Because that's the next generation. And then their children and their children. See, until Jesus comes, we plan on Res Life being here and touching more and more generations. We didn't just build it for us. We built this for generations. Some of you grandparents, your grandkids are here now. You've been here for years and your kids grew up here. Now they're married, they're having kids and their children are being impacted here. And we're seeing already that, that cathedral mindset because of your heart for the kingdom years ago. Your children are being impacted and your grandchildren are being impacted. 350 years ago, a shipload of travelers uh, landed on the northeast coast of America. They got there, and the, when they landed here in America and discovered the first year, they built a, a town site. Uh, the second year, they elected a town government. The third year, the town government made a plan. They were going to build a road five miles out into the wilderness. The fourth year, the the people tried to impeach the town government because they thought it was a waste of money and funds to build a road five miles west out into the wilderness when nobody even needed to go out there anyway. And it's pretty amazing when you think about it. You have a group of people who had the vision to see 3,000 miles across an ocean to overcome great hardships just to get there. And in just, five, uh, just a few short years, they've lost their vision. They didn't have enough vision to see five miles westward out into the wilderness. And it happens a lot of times in church. We get a nice building and everything seems to be going good for us. And why do we need to do anything else? I mean, my goodness, you know how much it took just to get here. Why don't we just enjoy this? We're fine here. And we lose that pioneering vision that vision to see that there's more land to take, there's more, there's more people to be changed, there's more lives to be restored, there's other countries that need Jesus. How many know at least one friend just here in town that doesn't know Jesus yet? Let me see your hand. You got at least one friend. Look, right there is thousands of people. So we have a reason to continue to build God's kingdom, to have a vision to keep moving forward, to keep doing more, to impact more people. Vision is critical. The Bible says this, where there is no vision, people perish. How many believe the Bible? Believe the Bible? Okay, good, about half of you. Where there is no vision, people perish. Well, we had a great vision here. We've had a great vision. We continue to have a great vision. But years ago, that vision started, and because of it, many people have not perished. Thousands of people have given their heart to Jesus. They found their one day right here at Res Life. Some of you in this room found Jesus right here. Your, your marriage was restored right here at, at this church. Maybe you're, you, you received healing in your body. All those things happened because of a vision. But you know, you can also flip that scripture around to say this, where there are no people, the vision will perish. 
See, there was people before you that were, were faithful and generous and serving and showing up that made the vision possible so that you could find your one day. Now today, you're here and you're making it possible for generations after you to find their one day. People, without a people vision, without people the vision will perish. So your generosity makes a difference in this building are water pipes. There's water pipes all throughout the building. What is the purpose of a water pipe? To distribute water, right? That's why we have water pipes in this building, to distribute water. We didn't put the water pipes in this building so they could get wet. We put them in here to distribute water, to put water from one part of the building to the other. And, and that's the purpose of the water pipes. I think it's the same thing with the purpose of God's blessing. God blesses you so that you can be a blessing. So my prayer every day is like a water pipe. Lord, make me a distribution center of your blessings. Bless me so that I can bless others. Bless me. Let your blessings flow through me. Now, in the process of letting the water flow through the water pipe, how many know the pipe gets wet? right? It's not the purpose of the pipe. It's just part of the process. Not the purpose, just part of the process. And it's the same thing. The purpose of God's blessing are not so you can get blessed, but they're so that you can be a blessing. In the process of being a blessing, how many understand God will bless you? How many believe the Bible? Yeah, that's what it says. And so, but you got to understand that's not the purpose. When you think that's the purpose, you think it's the new boat or the, uh, the cottage up at the lake or whatever, you think that's the purpose, then that's when things get mixed up. But when you understand that's not, that's just part of the process. The blessing comes as you are a blessing. Say this with me. Say, I'm blessed, blessed. to be a blessing. See, if we remember that one thing, we're blessed to be a blessing. We're not blessed to get blessed. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, how many, how many are those kind of people that look for ways to be a blessing? Let me see here. If you're one of those people, you're just kind of always looking, how can I be a blessing to someone else? I'm one of those kind of people. I'm just always, how can I be a blessing to, to people around me? Can I buy someone a Starbucks? Could I, what could I do to be a blessing to, to, to someone else? I'm always looking for someone in line at Starbucks. I can do, because I'm there. I, lo- I love Starbucks. I'm a member of the church of the Latte of Day Saints. <laughs> I worship over at St. Arbucks. <laughs> okay, some of y'all get that later. But anyway, um, uh, so I'm always looking for ways. What that means is, if you, if you have that kind of heart, what it means is, according to Romans, you probably have what they call, the, what the Bible calls the gift of giving. It's a, it's a spiritual gift, like the gift of faith, the gift of miracles. Uh, there's people that have the gift of, of giving. Rome, uh, in, in Deuteronomy, it talks about that, that the Lord would give you the power to create wealth. He'd give you the power. He didn't say he was going to give you money, but he said he'd give you the ability to create it. Well, how's that? Oh, it's through a job, through an idea, through an invention, through a a franchise, through a promotion. He's going to give you the ability to create wealth. Why? So that you can establish his covenant is what what it says. Now, some people will think, well, you know, the covenant is Deuteronomy 28. You're blessed coming in and blessed going out and blessed in the city and blessed in the field and everything you do will be blessed. And, and people think that's the covenant that he's making with us, but that's really not the covenant he, he was making. The covenant is back a few books earlier in Genesis chapter 12 is where you'll find the covenant he made with us where he said, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. Say one more time. Say, I'm blessed, blessed. to be a blessing. So that's why God blesses you so that you can be a blessing. So what he's really saying in Deuteronomy 8 is, I'm going to give you the power to create wealth. Now, you know, if you do work part-time at Starbucks in America, you're in the top 10% of the wealthiest people in the world. 
We really are way more blessed than we could even imagine already. And he says, I give you the power to create wealth. Why? So that you can be a blessing. So you can establish the covenant so you can be a blessing. So when you understand that, you look for ways to be a blessing. I, I think I might have told you this uh, when I've been here one other time before. One day, uh, Solomon and I were at Taco Bell. Uh, and uh, we just wanted some real authentic Mexican food, so we went down there. And... and uh, <laughs> Just felt like that chalupa was it. And uh, anyway, we got down there to uh, 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 um, Taco Bell, and we got our food. We were sitting there in the booth, and the lady in the booth next to us, her and her little boy were sitting over there, and I overheard them talking in their conversation. They were planning his birthday party. His birthday party was coming up, and, and so he had a list of 12 friends he wanted to bring to his birthday party. And his mom said, uh, son, you can bring 10 friends to your party. She, he, he said, but mom, I got 12 friends. She said, well, look, I can't afford enough pizza for 12. I can only afford enough pizza for 10. So I can only afford this many pizzas. And there's this many slices per pizza. So you can only have this many friends. She's breaking it all down how she figured it all up. And, and, and the kid, he's like nine. He's like, I don't understand the pizza equation, right? I just want all my friends to come to the party. And the mom's, then the mom starts to get upset because he's not understanding. And, and I'm sure as a mom, she wants him to be able to bring all of his to the party. She just can't afford it. So it was really a money issue. And the, she's getting upset. And then he's getting upset. And all they needed was a little more money so they could get some more pizza. And I'm sitting right next to him. And I'm thinking, God, put me here. I'm here. I hear about this need. Here's someone in need. And I'm next to him. And a good Christian, what would a good Christian do? What do, what do good Christians do when they hear about people with needs like this? Exactly. I, I said, I'm going to pray for them. Isn't that what a good Christian would do? We'll be praying for you. I hope it works out. <laughs> Pastor sharing the vision to touch the world and the kingdom, and we're going to build churches in the Philippines. We're going to do this, and we're going to do that. You're like, oh, wow, Pastor, that's awesome. We'll be praying for you. <laughs> no, we need your help. I, I, I had the ability to do something. I could have prayed. Yeah, of course, pray. We do need prayer. That's important. I was going to pray for her. I was going to pray that God would multiply her pizza. Like the loaves and the fishes and the little boy in the Bible and God could do it. Lord, I pray you would just give them wisdom today to cut smaller slices. We could get more friends. Trying to think of ways to help. Lord, let one of his friends move. Let another one be a vegan. No cauliflower crust. Anyway, that's what I'm, I'm thinking of all, all the ways. I could. Then I remembered I had $100 in my pocket. I learned this a long time ago. When God blesses you, he's got a lot more than you in mind. He blesses you so that you could be a blessing. Pastor mentioned next week the, the heart for the kingdom. Not all of us will give the same, but if every one of us did something, if every one of us just did our best, like God did for us, right? God loved you. He loved you so much that he gave you his best. What if every one of us next week just did our best? He gave his only son. It wasn't like he had three sons and he picked just the one he didn't like. You know, I have to take the second one. That one, we just, he just drives us. He gave you his very best. I remember when my very best was $100. I also remember the day when my very best was $5,000. So my very best in this room, all of us, our very best will be different. But if every one of us just did our best, 
because we were looking beyond us. God, when God blesses you, he's got more than you in mind. He wants to use you to fulfill and build his kingdom for generations and generations to come. Anyway, I walked over to the table. I remembered I had $100 in my pocket. So I just walked over to the lady and, and the boy at the table said, listen, I said, I don't mean to interrupt you guys. I wasn't eavesdropping on your conversation. I was just listening to it. <laughs> I heard about the party. Look, I, I, I Here's $100. Invite those other friends, and you guys have a blessed day. God bless you. And I just turned around and, and left, right? Because it wasn't about me. It wasn't like I didn't have to go, here's $100. You know who I am? Here's my card. Maybe check out my website. I got a podcast. comes out every Wednesday. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> it wasn't about me. By the way, you should totally... Follow me on Instagram. If, if you don't, it's at Dr. Dave Martin. But uh, anyway, I just left, and I, I'm, I'm sure she told her friends, you're not going to believe this. We were sitting there at Taco Bell, and this big, bald angel came with a $100 bill. Say it one more time. Say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. to be a blessing. When God blesses you, he's got more than you in mind. And so I started looking for ways. So when I see that the vision is, is, is bigger than me, I can be a part of something bigger than me. I can be a part of building the kingdom. How many have a heart for God's kingdom and a heart for others? And so here we have this opportunity. So uh, understanding that a vision, a vision requires long-term, long-term focus. We know it's going to affect people long after us. A vision, understand, it'll keep you focused, it'll keep you fuel. It'll give you fuel to keep going. I have a reason. I have a reason to, to do well. Why? Because I want to, the more blessed I am, the greater blessing I can be. I talked about it when I was here last year. I was talking about Thanksgiving and, and how there's a cycle of blessing that happens in our life. When we're thankful, that gratitude, out of gratitude overflows generosity. Because when someone does something for you, you want to be generous. It might be a, a thank you note. It might be send flowers. Or, and giving comes out of a heart of gratitude. But when we give, God gives back to us, the Bible says. And then when God gives back to us, we're blessed. So as we're blessed, we have a heart of gratitude. Out of that gratitude starts giving. Giving causes blessings to come. And all of a sudden, we start this cycle of very fortunate events. It's a cycle of blessing that happens in our life. I'm blessed to be a blessing. The second thing that I noticed about a cathedral mindset is it compels you to pass on the dream. It compels you to pass on the dream because you see it's bigger than you. You want to communicate. That's why we show you the videos. That's why we're showing you what we're doing. We want you to see and communicate clearly the difference that you can make in your life when you're communicating. Be clear. Be concise. Communicate the vision. It's vitally important that people understand. And be correct when you communicate vision. Don't just say, hey, well, we're going to help some people here. No, we're showing you. This is what's going to happen because of your generosity. We want to be clear. We want to be concise. When, when my son, when I want him to clean his room, here's the vision, son. I see a cleaning room. Let me be clear. Here's what's going to happen if you don't clean your room. But yeah, I want to be concise. I want these. Let me show you exactly. I want these, these things on the floor. I don't want them on the floor anymore. And if you can, if you can see the vision and follow through with the vision, then you could keep your PlayStation. You see what I'm saying? So the, I'm, I'm, I want to be clear with the vision. Here's where we're going. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. And that's what we're doing around here. Hey, here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. And Ed, uh, yeah, he's, he's on that PlayStation, you know, Fortnite and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and I said, son, you got, you got, one day you're going to have to make something of yourself. You got to quit playing those video games. 
quit playing the video games. When I was a kid, we went outside, we played, we got fresh air. We met friends, right? And, and uh, if you're going to make a living, you got to get out of the get out of that, off that computer and go outside and make something of your life. And, and uh, so finally, he said, fine, Dad, you know, and he, he, he went outside, and, and, he, and he was outside. I, was, I was, had the TV on for something. There was a guy, a kid on the news, some kid that plays video game named Ninja or something like that, and he's playing video games. They're doing this whole story on him. He makes $500,000 a month playing video games. I opened that door. I'm like, son, get back in this house right now. And play those video games. I, 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 I need a retirement plan here, and you're it, you know. But um, anyway, be concise and be clear with the with the vision. Uh, let me give you. Let me give you one. Let me give you. And, and when you communicate vision, you know, I, I love to communicate with hope and optimism. You know, we're gonna we're gonna change lives. That one day, that's something amazing. People say, well, you always are so, you know, it, you don't wanna be one of those feel-good churches where you just feel good all the time, do you? I'm like, yeah, I do wanna, f- how many wanna, how many wanna be a feel-bad church? Anybody wanna, how many wanna feel good when you leave church? Yeah, we came to God's house, man, this is amazing. Yeah, we may find some things we need to work on a little bit, but yeah, I feel good about that. I feel good. So yeah, I, w- I want people to have optimism and hope when they see the kingdom is going to be affected by our generosity. That's amazing. Heard about a, a monastery that was on the top of a cliff. I'm talking about communicating with hope and, and optimism. They were, the only way to get up to this monastery was they put you in a basket and they pulled you up by a rope to the top of this mountain, uh, top of this little cliff where the monastery was. And a guy was going up to visit the monastery. On his way up, he, he was looking at the rope, and he noticed it was a little frayed. The rope was a little frayed. He, he made it to the top. He asked me, he said, hey, I was noticing the rope was a little frayed. He said, how often do you guys replace the rope on the basket? And they said, uh, every time it breaks. <laughs> Just want a little more hope than that, right? A little more optimism than that. So, so anyway... Make the vision clear. Make it, make it focused. Uh, here's, uh, let, me give you, let me give you one last one. The, the third thing a cathedral mindset does is it changes your outlook. It changes your outlook. Because when you have this vision and you, and you clearly see where we're going, it's communicated the vision. This vision, what we're doing for God's kingdom will survive into the future. It'll survive way beyond us. When you invest in God's kingdom... Here's one thing, you don't have to worry about God's kingdom ever having a recession. You never have to worry about inflation in the kingdom of God. You never have to worry about the the interest rates going up or down. You're investing in God's kingdom. You don't even have to worry about anybody robbing the bank. When you've invested in God's kingdom, no, they can't rob the bank, steal your money. I was at the bank the other day, got robbing the bank right in front of me, teller right in front of us. I had no idea there was bank robbery going on. And, uh, and, and the guy was trying to grab some stuff. His mask came off, and the lady, the teller, saw his face, and so he shot the teller. And uh, he grabbed the mask, put it back on. He turned around to me and my wife. He looked at us. He said, did either one of you see my face? And my wife said, he did. <laughs> Not right. But anyway, um, uh, Sometimes he's just popping my head. I don't know why, but uh, must must be the Lord. But um, we blame a lot on him, don't we? Sometimes. Anyway, when you see beyond the vision, is going to survive way into the future, way beyond what we have ever done. If we could get a picture of what's going to happen because of our generosity, 
What's going to happen in the lives that will be changed because of our generosity? I think about, when I think about someone seeing into the future, I always think of uh, Walt Disney. What a great example. He opened Disney World in 1971. He died about four years before Disney World opened in Orlando, the Magic Kingdom there. They were interviewing his wife at the grand opening of, of D- Disney World. They said, uh, isn't it sad that Walt never got to see Disney World? And, and, and she said, oh, it's not sad at all. Walt saw this. Walt saw it before any of us. That's why it's here today. If we can get a picture of the lives that will be changed beyond us, beyond where we are today, a cathedral mindset, knowing that generations and generations will enjoy what we have created and lives will be changed for generations because of what we do today, a cathedral mindset is bigger than you. It's bigger than you. It's the commitment of a lifetime. See, if you're committed to building the kingdom, it's not a one-time thing. It's not a one. It's, it's a life commitment. God, I want to put first the kingdom of God, then all the other things will be added unto me. But everything I do is so that I can make a greater impact for your kingdom. And then the last thing a cathedral mindset will do is it'll, it'll make your contribution significant. It's one thing to be a success. It's another thing to have significance. That something you did created significance. That something you did created a legacy for generations to come. A vision that's bigger than you, larger than a lifetime. And that's what we're doing here at Res Life and developing this mindset to understand what we're doing is for generations and generations to come. How many want what you do to affect someone beyond yourself? Yeah, when you make it all about you, that's where all that greediness and selfish ambition, all that stuff comes in. But the way to cure that is to always look, what am I doing that's affecting someone's future? What am I doing that's affecting someone else? What you do today will echo through eternity. What you do will echo in lives forever and ever. Your everyday generosity affects somebody's one day. Today, someone will make a decision Today will be somebody's one day when they say, you know what? I'm ready to put God first in my life. Today, somebody's one day. And your generosity before made it possible for us to have this service, the music, to touch someone's heart. All that happened because of your everyday generosity, because of your heart for the kingdom. The building, someone's kids are being ministered to. Someone's young person has given their heart to Jesus. All that happens because somebody had a heart for the kingdom. And because of that heart, lives were forever changed. Today, someone's life, maybe someone watching online, maybe someone in this building right now says, you know what? I need to make a decision to begin a legacy like my grandfather did. Goodness, 90 or 80 something years ago, made a decision to give his heart to Jesus. Because of that, he created a legacy. But someone before him had a heart for the kingdom. What if just one person made a decision to give their heart to Jesus today? What would that be worth? To God, it was worth his only son. It's worth his very best. What's it worth to you to see a life change forever? I think it's just worth doing your best. It's worth every one of us. Like I said, your best. I remember when $100 was my best. It was everything I had to give. But I also remember when it was $1,000. I remember when it was $50,000. I remember our church building the youth center. We wanted to build it cash. And, and uh, my wife said, I think God wants us to give $25,000. I said, oh, 
I don't feel that. But God said, would you do it? I said, if, you, if that's what, if I, if, if I can affect generations to come, if you give it to me, I'll do it. God blesses you to be a blessing. When he knows your hearts to give, it's amazing what God can do through you. Let me just pray for us before we go today. How many got at least one thing that helped you a little bit today? Just encourage you. Live beyond yourself. Don't make it about you. But think of the generations that are going to be affected. Because you have a mindset that's bigger than just this moment. But this moment is big for somebody. Your head's bowed all across the room. I'm just going to look one time across the room. Because you already know if this is you. If you're in this room or if you're watching online. You say, you know, Dave, I've never made a decision to put God first in my life. Remember, I told you life goes better when you put God first. And maybe you're here and you've never made the decision to put God first in your life. We want to give you an opportunity to do that today. An opportunity to put God first. Or maybe you say, you know, Dave, at one point in my life, God was first. At one point, I had put God first in my life. But if I'm real honest today, he's, he's not first place right now but I want him to be. I want to put him back where he belongs. Maybe you've allowed a job, a relationship, something to come before God, but today you're making a decision. If that's you today, I just want to pray a quick prayer over your life. You already know if that's you. It's, it, I'll tell you what, the decision to put God first will be the greatest decision you ever make in your life. And somebody, many in this room, have been preparing for this day. Many in this room, you saw the hands of people who remember the one day they made the decision that you're making today. And because of their faithfulness and their generosity, today's your day to make the greatest decision of your life, the decision to accept this gift that God gave His Son, Jesus. And when you ask Jesus into your life and into your heart, everything begins to change. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. You talk about turning the page to a brand new chapter, a new day in our life today. If, if that's you, you already know this is you in your heart. You say, Dave, that's me. I'm ready to make a decision to put God first or to put God back first place in my life. When I count to three, I'm gonna look across the building just one time. If you slip your hand up real quick, real high so I can see it, I wanna just pray a prayer over your life. If that's you, one, two, Three, let me see your hands across the building. Across the building, God bless you. God bless you in the back, thank you. Looking across the building, God bless you, thank you. Looking across the top up, anybody up in the, in the, in the top, God bless you. God bless you up there. Anyone else? Looking one more time across the building. Thank you there in the back, God bless you guys. Father, I thank you for hands across the room today. Lord, I thank you that you don't just give us the desire to change, but you give us the discipline to make the changes that we need to make. You don't condemn us, but you do convict us and you show us these areas of our life, these things in our heart that, that may need to change. But Lord, you said it's as simple as this. If we'd give it to you, you'd remove it as far as the east is from the west. A new day begins in our life today. You know, I want everyone to stand on your feet just for a moment. And I want us to declare something together, not just, just those that raise their hand, but everyone in the room. The Bible says this, if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, you'd be saved. I want everyone to say these words. Say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. You talk about a decision 
that'll make the rest of your life the best of your life. No greater decision you can make than to put God first. And God said this, hey, if you won't be ashamed of me, I'm not going to be ashamed of you. I got great things to do in your life, great things to do in your future. You, today is your one day. And I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to just shake your hand and congratulate you on making that decision. And so would everyone else in this room. You know, if you lifted your hand, would you give me just a moment? Come down here. Let me say hello to you and shake your hand. Pray a prayer over your life. We got some people want to pray with you. As we put our hands together, if you lifted your hand, would you make your way down here just for a moment, if you would? I'd love to pray with you. Love this. Here's one coming this way. Here's one coming right here. Just keep, put your hands together. Keep your hands together. Thanking God for those making a decision today. The greatest decision, greatest decision you'll ever make. Man, God bless you. What a great, great decision you're making today. Come on down here right in the front. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you guys. God bless you. How you doing? God bless you. Hey, God bless you, sir. How you doing? God bless you. Hey, let me, let's just pray for you. We got a couple things we want to give you. God bless you. Come right this way. Come look, look right this way just for a moment. Father, I just thank you for those that made a decision today to put their life in your hands. That's the greatest decision they could ever make. And so, Father, I thank you as they begin this journey. I think one of the greatest places they could grow in that journey would be right here at Res Life. And so, Father, I thank you as we have some friends here that'll help get them started on the right journey, started in the right direction. Give them some, put some things in their hand that would help them. Lord, I thank you that their hearts will be open as they've just made a decision today to turn a page. A brand new day begins in their life today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.